previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. I just you may not know if I can interrupt you real quick about yeah. Leon. His voice is so smooth, but the way the brother walks, I mean, walks into the room, he's got this swag, he's got this lean, oh he's my- kind of leaning with it, rocking with it. It's like, yo, Leon is cool. Yo. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And I have Rocky with, I mean, Roxy with Whoa. me. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, Freudian, right? Uh, welcome wow. back to the show. We are going solo again, Rocky. Roxy. Oh my goodness, is this going to be a real thing? I, I swear, I didn't mean to do it that time. <laughs> I know that sounded oh, very genuine. <laughs> that was totally a slip. I swear, <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny. But no, I, I'm not. Of course, you're you're always Roxy to me, but. You know, it does happen from time to time. Um, yeah, okay. Speaking of Roxy, we will start real quick with an email from, and I love that I can say her name because she sent an email. Claire Natola writes in, Chuck, if the woman to whom you are related by podcasting is Rocky, does that make you Bullwinkle? Oh, that's cute. Wait, I love this. I <laughs> love this. Gonna, no, you're not going to start calling me Bullwinkle, Roxy. That's, that's, I'm, I'm putting <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> I promise you, I will never call you Rocky again. Not <laughs> Oh, wow. Claire, that's a good one. Also, <laughs> hi, Claire. <laughs> you might as well get him in because we can say her name, I guess. Claire, 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 Claire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sully. Now, and before we go any further, Roxy, happy Derby Day. I mean, what? Right. Talk about sneaking up on you. I mean, this is the second time. I mean, last week it was the Oscars, and now this week it's Derby Day. Derby Day is here. I, I am mean, so out of sorts. <laughs> I am too. And especially because I'm going back to work. So I, unfortunately, I'm going to have to try to watch this on my dinner break and get back in time and all that stuff, which is fine because I'm a big derby person. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second because I have a derby story. We're going to make some quick picks for the loyal listeners out there and whatnot. But we're going to start with some tweets and emails. Lee Gordon wrote in and he's reaching out to Claude. And he says, hey, Claude, which is at Claude J Radio, would you change your answer if you knew that besides the medal, Nobel Prize winners also get around a million dollars? Whoa. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's like Survivor. That's right. Survivor now, money. I'm not fact checking that because I now I don't know that. But I'm going to Lee. I hope you've got your uh, numbers correct, because I, I do believe that uh, Claude might change his answer then. And that is that was yeah, that's cool. To, uh, what was what's the question? You Oscar? Nobel uh, would Prize? you rather win an Olympic uh, an Olympic medal, an Academy right. Award, or the Nobel Peace Prize? Right, right. And he of course chose the and Oscar. Yeah, because he wants the cash money. Owe me the money, as he says. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's interesting. I had no idea. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, if you that's pretty amazing if you win that award alone. But yeah, if that cash prize goes with it, sure, why not? Yeah, right? that's great. And we also heard from Ryan Popovich, and he tweeted in, he also wanted us to know Lynn Swan also took ballet. Now, that's going back to our last episode when we were talking with our good friend Joe about athletes taking ballet. And he was telling us about Lawrence Taylor, but Ryan writes in that Lynn Swan was another one, apparently. People don't realize how good it is for you, for your your mental abilities, your physical abilities. Like, it does so many wonderful things for you. People don't realize Ballet, it's where it's at. <laughs> I mean, tap is where it's at, but well, 
but ballet no, ballet, ballet is extremely important. It's the foundation of, you know, I was growing up a dancer. It was the foundation for any and all other things that I will do as a dancer. Having that technique and that the discipline that it takes to do ballet, it's some lifelong lessons Absolutely. for sure. So. All right. Well, Roxy, as we said in the open, it is Derby Day. And the reason I'm excited, I real quick little story is when I was growing up, I think I might have dropped this on another episode or, or two, how I grew up on racetracks. Now, I grew up on harness tracks. Now, these are thoroughbreds that race in the Kentucky Derby. Yep. But I've still, my dad was so into horse racing. We owned racehorses. And the funny thing about the Kentucky Derby for me is that as a kid growing up, I always thought they were running it in honor of my birthday. So little announcement <laughs> next week is my birthday. Now the, the Derby's early this year. It's always the first Saturday of May, but normally May 1st, May day. I forgot to say happy May day, everyone. That it usually just doesn't fall on the first. It usually falls around the third, fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. Yeah. And so it's always my birthday weekend. Now that's not the case this year because my birthday is early next week. But I always thought as a kid, and it was always a fun memory for me because it was like a bonding moment with me and my dad. We'd always sit in front of the TV and watch the race, and he was so so invested in it. So, of course, I was invested in it. It was always such a good time. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I did finally, one of my checkoff bucket list items was to attend the Kentucky Derby one year. And the one thing I wished it could have been if he could have been with me. Yeah. And uh, he just he just wasn't up for traveling that far from where he is in Tennessee. Right. And, uh, so right. I went by myself. I went there by myself, made some new friends and had a blast because it's one of those things. For those of you that don't know, I'm. it's not just the one race. There are races all day. Now, I'm not actually sure how they're doing it this year because of COVID and everything. I know there are going to be some fans there. But I mean, the place is always packed, obviously. And you literally have to get there at like 10 o'clock in the morning if you want a quote seat or a place to stand, essentially, because unless you're going to buy the expensive hody toady box seats with where all the celebrities go, that's one thing. But obviously, I didn't have that kind of cash. So I just bought an infield ticket and I actually got to go. I found a spot in the first turn and just camped out <laughs> and, you know, watched <laughs> the first eight or nine, 10 races or whatever it is. And until the Kentucky, so you're there literally all day. It was such a great experience. My year I went was 2006 and it was when Barbaro won the Kentucky Derby. And that was a special one for sure. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Barbaro was the horse that very highly favored and went on to win the Kentucky Derby. And then two weeks later in the Preakness, unfortunately broke uh, his leg. No. Yeah. And, oh, that's uh, the they, worst. They did try to save him, but they felt later it, it was just better to like put him down. And, no. Yeah. I'll never forget this. He was the sixth horse to race in the Kentucky Derby with an undefeated record. And he had to be put down and they arranged to have his remains at the entrance of Churchill Downs. Um, oh. And they have a huge brown, bronze statue there uh, to commemorate his Derby victory. Yeah, it was, it was sad. I mean, the, the day itself was great because... Right. Oh, I'm sure. That's the one thing. I get so nervous watching the Kentucky Derby. And honestly, that's really the only horse race that I will that I do watch. But that's like the one thought in my mind the entire time is, please, horses, please make it through. Don't hurt yourself. It's not worth it. <laughs> you right. know, sure. it's so cool to watch, but I am terrified for them. <laughs> but I, I have to tell you, being there I think I said this, I, I want to say we were talking to Shad, 
where we were talking about it. And it is by far the most amazing sporting event I've ever been to. The electricity in the crowd. And mm. I don't even know how to explain it. Maybe I, I have videos from where I was in the turn. And uh, maybe I can put those up on Twitter if I can find them. It was just electric. The crowd yeah. noise was just unbelievable. Now, and I full disclosure, I've never been to like a Super Bowl or a Final Four or a World Series Game 7 or anything like that. So I don't have much to compare it to. But I have been to some pretty big playoff games and some pretty big sporting events. And there was nothing like this. Yeah, no, I have too. And honestly, I just thought of this. It's got to be partly due to the anticipation and the buildup to this. Mm -hmm. It's not very long. It doesn't take long at all. It's not like a ball game where you can be in the stands for hours watching oh, yeah. the game unfold. You're there. You're at the Kentucky Derby maybe for hours. But this one event happens so fast. And the buildup is super exciting, I can well, imagine. Let me go even further. I, as I, I think I said, I was standing in the first turn. Yeah. So for me, it lasted like 10 seconds. Sure. That's all I saw. <laughs> yeah. Now live. Now right. on the infield, they have big TV screens and stuff like that. So you can see what's going on on the track. But literally I stood there for like seven or eight hours for literally 10 seconds of live viewing. Now, like I said, <laughs> there's, there's races all day. So it's not like you're just sitting there waiting for, ten, you know, eight hours. Yeah, but this is nothing. the big one. But this is the big one. And like I said, it's tradition, you know, and then they walk them down in that first turn to go down across and when they mm. walked to the paddock and they, you know, and the whole singing of my old Kentucky home and all that stuff. It was just so cool to be there. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, 10 seconds about <laughs> roughly, maybe less. I, I don't even know, to be honest, but yeah, it was kind of, but Worth man, it. <laughs> it was the most electric 10 seconds of any sporting event I've ever been to. So, so everyone happy Derby day, Roxy, real quick, before we get out of here and talk to our amazing guests today, let's, let's do some quick. So what we decided we're going to do, we're just gonna have some fun. We have no idea what we're doing here. Full disclosure. So, uh, Bob, we're not even going to Little's picking games with this. Um, so Roxy, we're each going to pick a long shot and we're going to pick a favorite. So okay. why don't you pick your favorite first? Okay. My favorite is going to be essential quality. And I know that that's, that seems to be the most favored horse. Yeah, that's chalk. That's chalk. And you know what? I think there's a good possibility that this horse will get in the gate. Is that what you call it? Uh-huh. And then they'll open it and they'll just decide, you know what? I don't feel like running today. <laughs> and, you know, you just kind of have to go with it. But I'm going to, I'm going to say essential quality. Well, he is starting from the 14th slot now. I don't know. If what that's does that be... mean? Yeah. See? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that like the best spot? No, that's definitely oh, not the best spot. The it's, worst spot? Well, it's not the worst. There's 20. So you don't want to be in the 20 because the further outside they get. Anyway, we'll talk about that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. going to go with <laughs> Rock Your World. I mean, I just love yeah. the name. Rock Your World. Now they're coming out of the 15th slot. So that's not much better than. So those two are starting uh, right by each other. And uh, so real quick, give me a long shot. What do you got? Oh, I like keep me in mind. All okay. one word. All one word. I think that's that's amazing. <laughs> that is funny. I just noticed that. Keep me in mind. All one word. It's like I'm surprised. I'm surprised it doesn't say at keep me in mind or something. Like that. <laughs> or right? hashtag keep me in hashtag mind. Hashtag keep me in mind. Right. Where, where's, where's the creativity here? Come on. All right. And so I'm gonna go with. I mean, Roxy. There's so many. I know. I mean, they're so I great. Brooklyn Strong. I love the names. Sainthood because I'm a Saints fan. I mean, there is Soup and Sandwich. I just love <laughs> there's some. All right. I'm going to go with Soup and Sandwich. They're starting in the 19th slot. I was going to go with um, Sainthood, but I'm going to go with Soup and Sandwich just because it's such a clever name. I love the clever names. And that, that that's our picks. Do not, I repeat, do not go to the betting windows with those because... <laughs> 
we did zero unless research. you know something we don't <laughs> right because we did zero research and we're just having some fun with the names basically is what we're going with it's, yep. it's funny when i was at the track i used to go with like the color of the horse or the jockey silks and stuff like that we ain't mm. even doing that we do not have pictures of these horses we do not know what they look like we're doing nothing so anyway uh roxy let's get out of here because we have a fantastic guest today and we're also premiering a new song today. So we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is Sully from Boston. Never revere. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. friend of the show steve lipton and this song is called i took a ride and it's one of his original songs and you can find him everywhere i mean he's probably on the top billboard charts everywhere and you know itunes and all those places and you know what forget this we're just gonna let him tell you where to find it please welcome to the show steve lipton hey steve how's it going it's going great. Uh, I'd like to say you can find my music only when it plays on the end of the Tony Kornheiser podcast because I pretty much don't put it out anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> well, now it's on the Loyal Littles podcast. Exactly. So, yes, we didn't say that this episode. As always, we will play the full song, I Took a Ride, at the end of the podcast. <laughs> well, Steve, I, I know you've listened to some of the episodes here, so you kind of know how it goes. Why don't you introduce yourself to all the Loyal Littles out there? Tell us a little something about yourself and whatever you want the Loyal Littles to know. Uh, well, hi. Glad to, that you guys could have me on. Most people know I'm kind of an open book. I've led about, I don't know, five or six different lives, so you can ask me about some or all of them. Um, <laughs> but I'll start off with uh, I've been married for this year will be 30 years. Oh, uh, thank you. I have three kids. Uh, one of them is already married, believe it or not. And I grew up mostly in the Maryland area from the time I was 10 years old. I uh, went to James Madison University and was engaged by the time college was ending. So I've lived in Virginia ever since. So local to this area. Oh, that's great. James, Ma I almost went there for grad school, actually. Uh, it was, it's very a close. beautiful place. Yeah, no, I've heard so many great things about it. And then I became a musician and toured and never went back to school. So you're born and bred down there. I was actually, I know you're a, a Boston Red Sox fan, but I actually lived about an hour outside of New York City in Rockland County oh, yeah. um, when I was born. And then I moved to Ohio for four years in the middle. So that sort of flattened out my accent. Where, whereabouts? Actually near Akron in, in the uh -huh. Bath area. I think right where Jeffrey Dahmer is from. So <laughs> good information to have. Uh, it's, it's right near where the Firestone Bowling, like they, they had a bowling championship and Firestone Golf uh, for the PGA. So it was sort of like within three or four miles of that. It's a suburb of Akron. So uh, we would sort of bowl in the same lanes that the pros did. Chris Schenkel doing the commentary behind you or, you know, when we'd go watch the, the tournament. So, okay. Now cool. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I, 
are you you said you weren't caught up on the podcast, right? I am not totally caught okay. up. Okay. Lots of bowling talk on the Ryan Popovich episode. Oh, I just... I did I did hear a lot of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you I know we're we we're we bowler masters. Is that what we're calling? I was interested in the we bowling uh <laughs> talk. I myself like the spin control game. Ah. Uh, uh where you have to get around obstacles Ooh. because uh, Wait. you know at that, uh, Is that a Wii game? You know what? It's probably the Wii Sports Resort. Uh, mm. I wonder if I have that. I don't know. That so, sounds fun. Yeah, you have you have obstacles, and then uh, you can also do a game where there's a hundred pins every frame. So you're trying wow. to score three thousand instead of three. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can see Roxy now, so this is exciting. I can see her trying to do that math in her head. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so now the interesting thing is, I don't know if you saw the, the the Twitter putting that in our opening and closing, but you know, there's a kind of a mini challenge out there. I can't remember who it was who got negative 18 on golf, 18 under. Oh, uh, actually, uh, I got negative 16 on golf. Oh. Again. We Sports Resort, and that was something with Sully, but uh, I did put a, a, a YouTube uh, right there on that. Oh, that. that was you. Okay, great. Yeah. I feel stupid now. now that, was not, that was not me. That was someone else scoring negative 27, I think. In That's 18 insane. Golf, so. Wow. Yeah, it's unbelievable, but uh, it's been kind of fun because I've got my 18-year-old son. He and I kind of got into it. We put the Wii back together when the pandemic hit, and then so we would kind of sit around at night, and, and it takes about a half hour to get through 18 holes with with two of you sharing a remote but it was it was really sure. fun yeah and, uh, we got good at it now i just came back uh from visiting my dad not too long ago i want to say in january and they had theirs there and it's just been sitting there for like eight years because no my, ne- my nephews used to play it so i brought it back to the city so i've actually been just just got into it actually and uh you know another plug for the buy nothing group that i've been toting about uh <laughs> I, someone was giving away like five games so i was like okay sure i'll come get them and so i have them and it was kind of cool so. i i definitely like of all the video game consoles i like that one because it's physical mm-hmm. you're trying to do balance you know you you can do yoga you can you can get on the balance board if you've got that. So uh, that that's that's definitely my favorite console. Yeah. And my yeah. son almost stole it for college, but he didn't. I, I think <laughs> I'm going to have to go on eBay and, and buy one for him. Oh, that's because great. Because what happens is I'll skip the high game in Wii Bowling, and then I'll take a picture and send it to him or take a video. And he's just like, when I get back, I'm going to beat you in everything. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's a fun little bonding bonding thing to have with your kids, yeah. I think. So that's yeah. that's awesome. Now, what was your major in school? Uh, I was a, I started out a history major. I was three semesters from graduating. <laughs> and then I got smart and stayed in for a little bit. So uh, I ended up with a communications major and mass communications being the concentration. They teach you how to do everything. You, you're the on-air talent. You, you run the soundboard. You write the stories. And that was all fine. There was nothing that I particularly loved, lighting, all that. Uh, and then they said editing. And I said, oh, this is for me. That, that particular day is the heavens parted because <laughs> they're, as they're explaining it to me, I'm thinking about all the mixtapes I made for my friends where I would leave two seconds in between a song instead of half a second or right. cl- clip off a little bit of the end of a song or whatever. I was like, so I can say exactly within 30 times a second where th- something starts and stops. Like, this is for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Starting that day, I wanted to edit, and that really helped me focus on my career, which is I'm an editor for National Geographic, making what? shows. That's cool. That's amazing. That is a fun job, especially yeah. when you, uh, you're you a musician, so you get to use a lot of the same skills. You're talking about timing and pacing and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Or Even cutting music is something that 
that I do. I, I was doing it before uh, we got on the phone. Nice. So, and how yeah. much do you charge to edit podcasts? Uh, <laughs> more than you have in your pocket. Ah, <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good answer. Uh, no, I, I have to completely agree with you. That is the best part about this for me, doing yeah. this whole process, producing and, and just editing. It's just been so much fun. What, so, what, uh, what are you guys using to edit with? Uh, just GarageBand. Okay. That's all. And that's just moving voice. That's why I have to be honest. People talk about, you know, their podcast is on YouTube and all that. I'm like, I don't Video editing, I just can't even imagine. Yes. I think it's just like anything. If you're, you've got that obsessive compulsive mind where you're like, I, that just doesn't feel right. You know, that's the thing. I, that's the best thing about it. A lot of it's feeling like, you know what? That guy should be taking a breath or that guy should not be taking a breath. Right. Or, you know, we're seeing him blink before we cut. That stuff is very important. And that's the difference between a mediocre editor and somebody sure. who's good. Hopefully I count as somebody who's good, but you know, that's for someone else to decide. <laughs> and Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I think it's something I'm good at. I'm glad I don't have to do that kind of stuff for this podcast because this is hard enough, but um, maybe, you know, we'll see. So, well, let's get back into, so you're, I, I know you're from the DC area, so that right. kind of makes sense, but can you go into, how did you get to know Tony and start listening and all that stuff? Well, there's a, a number of things, but first of all, Tony moved to DC, I think 79 was when he came here to work for the post. And I was already here. I was a kid. And remember there was no such thing as ESPN and most nightly sports casts were three minutes long if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. right. So you had to read the paper. You had to go through box scores and all that. And Tony covered a lot of the good sports then and, and he became a columnist. So right from the beginning in the, in the 70s, because I read the paper every day. In fact, I still get the newspaper delivered, which is insane. But I love uh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know it's just one of those habits that my dad sort of got me started on. And I don't always read it. I should probably just get the digital version of the Washington Post, but I still get the paper every day. And so you get in there and you realize, like, I like this guy. He's funny, especially when he became a columnist. He was just very interesting, a good sense of humor. And clearly, I don't take myself too seriously. So I like to find someone like that. And then, you know, being from this area, they had this show called The Redskins Report. And a sportscaster named George Michael, he was sort of the MC, And the hosts were Will Bond and Tony Kornheiser and then John Riggins. So for oh, wow. 20 weeks a year, they're doing the show once a week. And it was a little bit like PTI where they're sort of arguing what they should do or whatever. It was a little less confrontational between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And then during the basketball season, David Aldridge came on, swap out Rigo for David Aldridge. So it was really cool. I'm used to seeing them on TV. And then he's on the sports reporters. And then he started the, the radio show. And, uh, you know, I wasn't always in the car at the time, but whenever I always listened to the sports station. So when I was in the car and Tony Kornheiser was on, I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All the way from 92 up through the ESPN shows with Dan the Duke Davis and uh, all that stuff. And then the jingling thing came later. <laughs> right. That's great. So now, and you're all your fan, your sport, favorite sports teams are all DC, I assume? No, not necessarily. Oh, do uh, tell. You know, well, like I said, I started out in, in New York. So oh, right, my, my first experience with a professional game was uh, Yankee Stadium before it was even renovated, before it was torn down and replaced mm -hmm. in the early 70s. That day, 67,000 people. And I'm, I'm there thinking I'm probably four years old. They give bats to people in New York City. Is this a good idea? <laughs> uh, Okay. You, you <laughs> but, just, no, you seriously have touched upon, I, it, it blows my mind. I, I have, no, I just had this conversation again and I, I've never discussed it on the podcast though. It blows my mind how I can walk to them while models don't exist anymore. And I, I hate that story. It's a long story. Um, but anywhere, <laughs> dicks, anywhere, you can go buy a bat. It's in a grocery bag, like a, you know, just a regular plastic bag and you walk it home. 
Okay. <laughs> that blows my mind in the city how <laughs> someone, allowed. thank goodness they haven't, but I cannot <laughs> believe, cause I play so much softball and I carry two bats and they're in a bag and they're not like locked in. They're in, they're secure, but they're not locked in where people can't get to them. And could- it, blows my mind people just carry bats and i can't believe we've never seen like the baseball bat killer which is actually that's a that's a a character in the show i do here in new york and (laughs) no but seriously it blows my mind and i'm surprised that new york city hasn't caught on to this where they could also make money off of this where if if i was i'd probably be too difficult but i'm surprised they don't make us register every bat (laughs) and make you know like for fight you have to register your bat so if there is a crime we can trace it and know who the owner is and whatever you know or where it came from or whatever i'm just i'm very surprised i'm very thankful because that would be a big pain in the butt it it blows my mind when you see all these other things that go on on the subway for instance and and bats aren't bats aren't involved yeah yeah Yeah. i I, i'm totally with you so uh, you know it's you almost if you replace that with guns too people have that same thing you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know but it is it's kind of crazy so anyway so how was the game did they win like you were rooting for the yankees Uh, or what yeah so i was a, a big Big time, big time Yankee fan from that on as a kid, even moving away. And then, you know, you sort of grow up in your formative years. And I was a, I was a baseball player myself. So you kind of, well, you go to a lot of Orioles game and you hate to give up on your team, whatever yeah. your team was when you were a kid. But, you know, the Jeffrey Mayer season, I'm rooting for the O's, mm. not the Yankees in, in the playoffs, which is a pretty big deal. Then I totally soured on the O's because of uh, Peter Angelos, like letting everybody go and, yeah. you know, Ruining the franchise, in my opinion, unfortunately. And then the Nats came, so, you know, now I'm definitely a Nats guy, which is very hypocritical because I, I don't like to turn my back on. I'm a very loyal person, <laughs> but now I'm the Nats guy. And and uh, if the Yankees or, or the Orioles play the Nats, I, I would root for the Nats in the World Series, no doubt about it. Oh. And then it's the Washington football team, long-suffering. I haven't let them go mm-hmm. yet, uh, as much <laughs> as I. It is a, that is a test, but I've been through some things with them. Oh, um, sure. I'm not as big a hockey and basketball fan as as uh, some other folks, um, like Bobby or you know other people who are really really into it. But I was certainly happy when the when the Caps won, and and I've been to a number of games at both Wizards and and Caps. So yeah. even when even when the Bullets were the when the Wizards were the Bullets in the 70s and yeah. they won a World Championship. You now know, do you have a favorite rep. Caps player? Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't. It's easy to say Ovi, right? So sure. Okay, I'll say Ovi. You know, but. I don't follow I, I hockey I, in the end. I sort of stopped following hockey day to day at a certain point as, as I got older. Like my college roommate is really into it, plays, you know, men's hockey Oh, nice. It's, you know, on a couple teams and that sort of thing. So I wouldn't want to uh, embarrass Bill by, by giving a, oh, I really like, <laughs> oh, they just traded him. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, oh, that guy was a healthy scratch for three games. Uh, you know, so. Okay. So two things. Okay. Yeah. One. This is hilarious. Roxy just yawned. I saw you. You yawned. I'm so- Hockey talk. <laughs> Love it. And second of all... <laughs> I mean, if you told me there was a fight, then it, it probably would have subsided. No, that was but- <laughs> so perfect. That was so typical. Oh, I'm embarrassed. And, and I'm just going to say, Bobby, I tried. I tried. He loves it when we get the hockey talk in there. So I was like, all right, let me ask him a qu- hockey question. Well, I want to so- say about the yawning, uh, I have that on most women's. <laughs> oh! <No. laughs> I always say I just needed a little more oxygen, I so just, I had to like 
Open a little wider. Take a deeper breath. And yeah, it's usually <laughs> in the opening and closings that she yawns through when I'm talking. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. But anyway, well, listen, you can stick around, right? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked because I've heard enough of your podcast. To, <laughs> if, if you didn't ask, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm boring. No. I mean, <laughs> no. No. I, well, you probably haven't heard the episode where I was like, I'm dying for someone to be like, nope, got to go. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Loyal Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Rocky. Hey, Bullwinkle. Hey, it's almost time for Summer of Littles 3.1. I'm super excited. Yeah, but we have even more exciting news coming up on our May 15th episode. We will have a big announcement about Summer of Littles 3.1, but we don't like to tease our audience too much, Rocky. So let's give them a little something. We have some new news about Summer of Littles 3.1. Yeah, our exciting news is that Summer of Littles is now on Instagram at Summer of Littles. You can find them on Instagram now. And there you can see photos of past Summer of Littles events and just all the littles having a great time together. It's really, really great. So make sure you go on over there and give that a follow is that what we do we follow yeah. it on instagram mm-hmm. okay that's your that's your department not mine and don't forget on our may 15th episode of the loyal littles podcast we will have even a bigger announcement about summer of littles 3.1 august 7th so make sure you stay tuned and tune into the may 15th episode of the loyal littles podcast i mean i mean but why wouldn't you right i mean right and, and while we're here rocky we haven't done this in a long time so uh let's let's give out some tk codes we have harry's me undies seat geek is just t-o-n-y tony johnny o is tk fools f-o-o-l-s tk yeah. fools and casper and indochino is tony k at checkout and Framebridge is tony k and brooklinen is tony k show so those are your tk codes so always remember use the code people Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and we are lucky enough to have Steve Lipton here for more ways than you know, which we're about to find out. And because, you know, we've said this in the past, off air, we ask questions and things like that. We, I just got so many stories off air that we now have to like share with the littles here. So let's start with, first of all, I mean, you've, you're in the area, so I'm assuming you've attended Jingle Fests in the past? I have been to every Jingle Fest. Wow, uh, fact, that might be the first. Yeah, I think uh, so. Maybe. Well, well probably not. Robert Berg, I'm sure. Uh, I think he has made everyone. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that's just not a uh, question we asked. But this is that's great. Okay, so tell us a good Jingle Fest story. Well, I've got a number of them. Uh, so let's let's start off with the first one was scheduled for the night of my 25th high school reunion, oh. and I was like, I have to go to Jingle Fest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what does it say about me that I want to hang out with a bunch of people I've never met instead of... Oh, so this going... was the first ever Jingle Fest. This was the first ever Jingle Fest. It was located about three miles from my house. Right. So that helped. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was wild. And, and the whole a bunch of the big shows, including Tony and Nigel and, and the whole bit. So that was really cool. And the funny thing is I had basically just started getting on the air. And so basically Jerry's like, I'll give you a one song. KJ could do as many songs as she wanted, I guess. But he's mm-hmm. like, you and you and this Robert Berg guy, because you guys are new, you guys get one song. <laughs> so I was always feeling like a kind of a kinship with Robert, because like I said, we both sort of started at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did my song, and uh, 
I, I really hammed it up because who cares, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Do you remember which I, song it was? Yeah, so I wanted to do, I had done this long thing, and Jerry's like, I don't know that song, because you, you had to get basically get a karaoke track from you and play sure. it back. So I, because Tony goes to Rehoboth for the summer, at, at the time he would take off three months and go to Rehoboth. Mm-hmm. So I uh, take it to the limit by the Eagles became take it to Rehoboth one more time. <laughs> nice. Uh, there's some videotape of it somewhere, but you know, I'm like literally getting on my knees. I'm begging you, please get thee on the Bay Bridge, terrifying climb and take it to Rehoboth one more time. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you can sort of, everybody else was just kind of doing karaoke and I'm kind of dancing around like an idiot because my superpowers, I don't really get embarrassed. Uh, but speaking of that second Jingle Fest, we were talking about a little bit off air. The day at the Palm, you know, when Rob and Jamie met, you hear a lot about Jason leaving Rob behind when they got an Uber. But yeah. before Rob showed up, Jamie was sitting next to me at the bar and we were having drinks. And she's obviously, you guys have had her on the show. She's a bubbly personality, very strong personality. And it's, a, it's just a good thing for Rob that I'm happily married, you know. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Well, and the other thing that happened, so after that Jingle Fest was over, they ended up going upstairs. A bunch of us, you know, I, I had my guitar, and we were going to sit around, and we found a spot for about 20 of us to sit around and play songs until 4 or 5 in the morning. And they're going upstairs, and, and I turned to, you know, Jason, and I go, well, I guess we're going to find out if he's really incomparable. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wait, I, I, do I have to put, like, an NC-17 on this episode? Like, what? what, what? <laughs> Okay, Loyal Littles, we did not get this off air. So, okay. Well, as they say, the rest is history. So I guess he he is the incompetent. So. You know, I never got a I never got an answer, but uh, <laughs> but Jamie has definitely heard that I made that quip. So I see. You know, that's that's so the way safe. it goes. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, they're they're terrific. And I mean it's so much fun hearing different versions of that story. It really is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I mean Bill Laheka told us a version and like, you know, and actually I think it was Jason that said, oh, Bill Aheka has a really good, you know, take on that whole situation right. or whatever. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, jingling, but being part of the jingle community is it's actually amazing. And and just a strange I mean, it's not it's probably not the strangest group or and that's not the only strange group I belong to. But it's definitely uh, just such a warm community of people who would do anything for each other. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Jason kind of went into that about like if you can't find the music, you just make a call and they'll just play the track for you and stuff like that. If you have a jingle that you want to do, but right. It sounds if you have amazing. trouble, like Joe Arrow does a lot of karaoke. He'll host karaoke. And sometimes I can't find a track and he'll send it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a few things where I, I don't have a clean track. So I'll add a, an electric guitar to it or something like that. Sure. Jason will literally whip something up from scratch. I mean, he's unbelievably good oh, at sure. it. And uh, you guys being sort of fans of humor, you're, you're familiar with this is spinal tap. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The song uh, Stonehenge. Uh, well, well, Jason, you know, at the end of the, end of the big podcast, they're like, are we doing Stonehenge tonight? So Jason actually did a karaoke version of the full version of Stonehenge. It's like wow. four minutes long just to have Nigel perform it live at the first Jingle Fest. And he totally botched it, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> reset the board. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even have a board to reset. And yeah. He, and he needed to reset it. So Jason is an amazing musician. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's done a lot of his albums and that sort of thing. So, but people, there's nobody that wouldn't help you. And, and so once you sort of, you're in and you start, uh, you're doing stuff with KJ or you're doing stuff with John Fitzpatrick. We do things together. Obviously you guys have heard Hamilton. That's fantastic. It's amazing. I was not involved in that, but that is uh, to the nth power example of that sort of thing. Right. And then that extends into other things. I'm, as you know, I'm doing original songs. So I'm working with KJ on a song right now. Oh, um, 
that I wrote that uh, at some point we'll have it probably on TK podcast. So that's a bunch of fun. And the funny thing about jingling is uh, I didn't know what was going on for the first three years or so it was happening because uh, the whole reason it got started, you might've heard this from other people is they had a contest, do your version of the Tony Kornheiser theme song and whoever wins gets tickets to see Paul McCartney. Yeah. Great. Okay. So I, took the music to yesterday and saying, you know, here comes Tony's mailbag, got your email faxes and your notes, you know, did my thing, sent it in, never heard a word. And then three years later, I'm looking at uh, the news and they're talking about an RG3 song that aired on Tony Kornheiser's radio show. And I'm like, they're still jingling? <laughs> you know, and it, it was Jerry and like John Nicewinger. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally missed it because I would only hear the beginning of the show. So then I was like, I'm going to jingle every day. I'm nice. going to send something out every day. And it really annoyed Jerry because <laughs> if Tony said something in old guy radio or uh, in the news, I thought it was funny. I would jingle about it. And Jerry's like, no, the, the jingles need to be about in three years. You can come back and know what they're talking about. Uh, it doesn't none of your jingles mention emails or faxes or notes. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I think at first he was adversarial. Just like Jason said, you, you put in a bunch of these jingles and they're not accepted. And so no big deal. One time they go, we got a jingle from Steve Lipton. No, that's Steve Johnson or something. Like the accent. Uh, I was close. I was that close. And so then I got one on the air, and then people started calling, like, my neighbors. Like, people I didn't know were littles are calling the house. Oh, wow. And they're yeah. like, what is going on? And my, my, so finally, my wife, at, like, 10 o'clock at night, the phone's ringing. She's like, what's going on? I go, well, I'm doing this thing. I go in the basement. I rewrite these karaoke tracks, and I put them in. And, and there's this guy named Jerry Negrelli who's got this website. And she literally bolts up in bed. And she looks at me and said, Jerry Negrelli? I was like, did you date him in high school or something? She's like, his kids go to my preschool. My, my wife is the director of a preschool. And she's like, yeah. Oh. I, you know, I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, wow. so I was like, well, uh, you know, apparently we're in this jingling thing together. So once that started, I'd see him at the Christmas program every once in a while. I'd be mm -hmm. videotaping it for the preschool. <laughs> and right. There's Gary and Michelle with their kids, and you their know, kids. <laughs> kind of funny. But so from then on, you know, once you sort of get on once, you're in. Yeah. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be on a few hundred times. Away. Yeah, you jinglers, especially <laughs> so, someone like me that, I mean, being a musician, I'm like, oh, this is, this should be really easy. And it's really not. I mean, I know some of you all, it just comes natural and stuff. And I've already told the story about my two jingles and it's, it's just, it blows me away. It really does. <laughs> and, um, so good yeah. on you all. Um, do you have a favorite jingle that's been played? Oh, well, I, I'll say this. They've gotten better. I, I started off, I was a pretty terrible singer and I'm singing is definitely not my best instrument. So that's tough because I listen to some of the older stuff that I think maybe the writing's good, but the mm -hmm. delivery is, mm -hmm. is not great. But you've probably heard the term turnaround jingle. So mm -hmm. at one point when the show was on the air, they would say something stupid today. And, and I think this is exactly what Sean Morrissey said. You know, there's yeah. three of us writing jingles about it. And it's who can get it in first. Yeah. And that's just for our entertainment. And then it's, you know, whatever they liked, whatever Tony or Michael or Nigel likes, whatever made them laugh the most. Right. So Tony was talking about being at the Super Bowl. And he had to move hotel rooms because the hotel he was in only had one. It didn't have any bathrobes. <laughs> it's like, I'm spoiled. I have to have a bathrobe. And I moved into this new hotel and it cost ABC or you know ESPN an extra $1,000 a night. But there are two bathrobes in my hotel. So I took Hotel California uh -huh. and made a hotel with two bathrobes. And, you know, he made his comments at 11 o'clock one morning and by eight o'clock at night, they had that in their inbox and they, they lead the show with that. And, you know, there's nothing like Tony going, 
Oh, that's so great. You know, yeah. this is, he's a big Eagle fan, Eagles fan. Yeah. So that, that sort of helps too. But, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, know, that, that stuff always blew me away. The turnaround time was in back in the day. It was crazy. It was literally like next day you're hearing about stuff. He like went off on the day before and it was just so great. It was so great. I was taking notes before the show was over. I've already figured out. Here's three ideas I can try right. to figure out. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here's a good question. Since you're a jingler, if you were to host Saturday night live, who would you introduce as your musical guest? Well, uh, I think the correct answer is me. But <laughs> uh-huh. That's what I always say. I tell everyone <laughs> that's what you right, got. But yeah. So I would probably, and this is something we haven't discussed yet, but uh, I would probably choose Hootie and the Blowfish and then play with them because the... Wait, uh, wait, did you just uh, say play with them? I would play with them well, because the, the guitar player is, is my best friend from growing up, wait. Mark Bright. What? what? Way to bury the lead, as they say. Okay, yeah. here we go. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue, please. <laughs> yeah, well, Saturday Night Live is already over now. now yeah, <laughs> so uh, my best friend is Mark Bryan from growing up, and we were in a band together in high school with Dean Felber, who's the bass player from Hooting the Blowfish, and it's a band I kind of started because uh, I'm, we went to the same middle school together, and we were, we were buddies. We went to rival high schools. Literally, the main street in our town, if you lived on one side, you went to one high school. Mm-hmm. And you lived on the other side, you went to another. Uh, and we, although we lived on the same street, we were bisected by that, that main avenue. So that was a bummer. But then uh, when I went to my high school, I found a, a guitar player and a drummer. And Mark was a guitar player, and he, and he knew Dean, the bass player. So the band got together. I, was, I actually didn't really play anything at the time. So I just kind of ran sound. But I was kind of responsible for the band. Knew a couple chords. And then later in the, as, as time went on, the singer quit. And so they promoted me from roadie to keyboard player where I played terribly quite a bit. <laughs> now, so but, how old were you now? Well, so high school, I mean, I guess I was, uh, so it was before college. 50. Oh yeah. He and I became really tight in seventh grade. Uh, our, the way it was, uh, our town, we had seventh, eighth and ninth grade. So it was a junior high. So yeah. you, you three years there and three years mm-hmm. in high school. Right. So uh, we hung out all the time. We'd sit around at his dad's house and listen to records and try to figure out how they were doing stuff. And he just kept practicing. And he was a really, he's about 6'3". He was a good basketball player. And one time his dad's like, how come you're not shooting hoops? He's like, because I'm practicing guitar. So his dad's like, well, you go tell the coach and we'll buy you a better guitar. And so he just really, really stayed with the music, you know, which uh, plenty, plenty of credit for him. I loved music too, but I was kind of like, I was a sports guy and, and it, it took me a long time to figure out, like, you, you need to put in the time to learn how to play music, just yeah. like you need to, to, to be on a team. Um, so, you know, that's a lesson learned for me. So I sort of started playing in college when we were really separated. I'm like, oh, I miss this. Like, well, what do I got to do? And he's like, buy a bass. Everybody needs a bass player. So... <laughs> I, I met, literally met a guy at James Madison who's like, uh, told him I was buying a bass in three weeks. He goes, well, you're the bass player in my band. I was like, well, I don't own an amplifier and I don't know how to play it all because you're the bass player in my band. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there you go. Wow. So how cool would that be? So like you announce them and then you, I jump and then up you just stage. jump up on stage and go, hey guys, yeah. I'm going to join you. Wow, that's yeah. so great. Yeah, I've gotten to play a couple times with them, but I was banned for a while after they were playing some clubs and you know, once in a while, uh, Mark would put me up on his shoulders, and one time he fell over with me on his shoulders. I'm like, yeah, oh, no. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, we're kind of. And this you know. was what, like five years ago? Like when was that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> 1990 at a place called the Grog and Tankard, right here in D.C. Nice. Uh-huh. Actually, it's in Maryland, but I think uh, on the way to D.C. Either way, it's. Uh, so how how do your kids feel about you being a rock star here? Like this is like so great. These are some great stories. 
Well, I mean, you know, your kids just accept you for who you are. So <laughs> they just think of Marcus, um, you know, Mark is you know, Uncle we, Mark, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, funny thing is, so they, they know that, that I'm into music and so they've gotten into music and, and what Mark, uh, lots of times we'll come up for Thanksgiving and stay with his aunt, brings his whole family and that sort of thing. And so we'll all go over and they have a big party on the Friday of mm. Thanksgiving and we all hang out and get the guitars out and play. And my son Ryan at the time was probably six years old. And he, you know, I gave him an iPod and I put it all together. And the th funny thing about that is Ryan didn't know that you couldn't listen. He thought you had to listen to songs in alphabetical order. Uh. So he always heard the A's, like every night he'd go to bed. And so Mark says, hey, what song you want me to play? And he's like, I want you to play And Your Bird Can Sing by the Beatles. <laughs> it's like, how does a six-year-old know that? Right, <laughs> right. Well, because it's like the second song on that comes album. on. Yeah. Play, on that right. So they just think of it as like, this is what people normally do. And so, you know, they've seen me in bands and my daughter plays guitar. My, my older son, Kyle plays guitar and Ryan is just starting to learn now that he's a freshman in college, but there's plenty of uh, guitars around the house and they can try any of it. So it's, uh, so it's cool. kind of become a, yeah, it's just like, this is something dad does and mm -hmm. you all are invited and then you can do it without me too. This has been incredible. Thank you so much <laughs> for the stories and everything. Is there anything you want to plug? I know we, we, we didn't quite plug exactly the song that we opened with. So, I mean, oh, we did, but where can we find you and all that stuff? So I'm Mr. Lip five on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, now the question is, do you know who one through four is? <laughs> Are they related? Uh, well, I, I sure hope not. <laughs> I kidding. hope it's not a ranking system. Right. No, uh, okay. Where else? No, uh, there's five people in my family. I think that's where the, the five. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Three kids and, and a wife, so yeah. we're five. And, uh, you know, I'm also on Facebook, Steve Lipton. Crazy handle there. And I have a few bands. Mark Bryan and the Screaming Trojans is the, is our band together. That's also got a Facebook page. Uh, gotcha Covered, that is a cover band I, I'm in. And uh, Big Tasty in the Lip, that's another cover band that I... <laughs> Oh, I'll get in. I didn't name that one. I think it's, it's like, amazing. these are fantastic. <laughs> now, these are original songs. I know you said the ones that cover. What's the, first of all, what's the cover band? Uh, well, it's called Gotcha Covered. And, uh, and they just do all cover, different, not one particular band or anything. No, no, no. Oh, okay. it's, yeah, it's everything. It's literally Van Morrison song. Gotcha, and gotcha. Disco songs. But it's, uh, the, the band's got about 200 songs that we oh, wow. play or have played. So everybody has sort of an iPad and it's kind of like, church with like you know yeah you just call up the turner song. hymnals to number yeah. 161 <laughs> yeah that's what we do and uh you know it's all it's all for fun my the whole idea is to just you know have a, have a different experience and meet some new people and uh, and uh i like to collect friends so yeah that's like awesome. you guys my yeah. new friend. oh this is that's fantastic <laughs> i mean i i hope we can get down there at some point someday i mean i'd love to see some of, well i'd love to meet all of you and then see some of these extra things you all do so they just sound so much fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And as an homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this. We haven't done this one in a while. Uranus jokes. Not funny or never not funny? Never not funny. Yes. All right. <laughs> I, I was in California at that famous observatory that they had in uh, the Jane Steen movie, Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was, a, there was literally a plaque on the ground uh, that said Uranus. I took a picture of that and, and a picture of the planet, or I should say a small model of the planet, Took a picture of that. I was like, yeah, you know. So, uh, sorry, Claire. Never <laughs> not funny. I mean, the well, other that's thing, though. great. We made it this far without saying her name. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what stories do you want about her? Because I got some. <laughs> no, you know, I'll just say this. Uh, she, this was actually 
something that I, that I felt was really touching is that she had a couple jingles that she wanted to do mm-hmm. and she doesn't, she doesn't have any recording equipment or anything. So she drove from her house in Maryland to my house a couple mm-hmm. times and, and recorded with me in my, in my basement oh. and we, we did it together. So that was really kind of nice. I took a picture with the, you know, home recording for Domies and, and, uh, and Claire, you know, together. And, and we did Knocked Out of Stones, dude. Oh, that's so, fantastic. That is so cool. All right, we'll definitely end with that. Nice little <laughs> warm, fuzzy, <laughs> littles helping littles story. Right. So, well, thanks again, Steve. We really appreciate the time. This has been fantastic. No, no problem at all. And uh, whenever you need me back, just let me know and I'll make up something. All awesome. right, careful what you wish for. <laughs> all right, littles, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Rup Sharma from Cincinnati, Ohio, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and thank you, Steve, for coming on. It That's just great. It's always so much fun to meet the Littles and the stories they have to tell and his Jingle Fest stories and just everything. It's, it's always a lot of fun, so thank you. And now, Roxy, I know normally we would do our Friday Five here, but we actually have a special treat for the audience. We're calling it a spot check-in, halfway point, whatever you want to call it. We had this gentleman on, he's a loyal little, about a month and a half ago, and we're just going to check in with him because he is halfway across America, walking sea to shining sea. Please welcome back to the podcast, Jared Schofer. Hey, Jared, how is it going? Oh, uh, it's uh, going pretty well, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you were hesitant there. <laughs> I'm not saying I blame you, but you were hesitant. <laughs> well, this thing is crossing the America on foot is really hard, and I think it's going about as well as it can. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's just back up real quick for the, any new listeners. This is uh, Jared Schofer. He's a little, and you're from the East Coast, right? You're from Maryland. Is that? I live in D.C. Oh, D.C. Okay, that's yeah. close. And he decided to be how many now I was shocked when we first interviewed you because you said there's this is done a lot, actually. But you are (laughs) doing on foot crossing America from sea to shining sea, as I think I worded it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And wow. So you started just give a quick recap. You started in California. Whereabouts? Yeah, I started in Santa Monica, um, put my feet in the ocean on March 14th and then just started going east (laughs) So this is literally um, like six weeks later, and you are halfway. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm in Oklahoma City. I've been through California. Took about eight days. Arizona was about two weeks. New Mexico about two weeks, and then the Panhandle of Texas was like a week. And now I'm in Oklahoma City. Yeah, about halfway across Oklahoma. Yeah. Wow. All right. So let's before we well, we're not going to forget, but you could follow Jared almost everywhere. It's Jared 2112 and that's J A R A D. And the most important one is Venmo, of course, because he's doing all of this for raising money for cancer research. And if I may give you an, another personal plug, the Instagram that you are doing is so fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I mean, some of them are like, well, we can't even hear them because it's so freaking windy. So I don't <laughs> want to go into that, but that's okay. I mean, you are doing such a great job documenting this. Littles, just go to Instagram, follow him. These stories are great. The videos. Well, Roxy, you had some questions. So why don't you? Oh, I have a ton of questions, but I would say, let's start here. So what has been so far your favorite moment or spot that you've hit? Let's see. I think one thing that was really comes to mind, I was in a canyon called the Salt River Canyon in uh, Arizona, and I had to go like basically all the way to the bottom of it on this really windy road and then go all the way back up, Mm -hmm. which is frustrating because, (laughs) you know, 
pushing the stroller. Well, by the way, I'm pushing a stroller across America to call all my food, water, and gear. Yeah, Neil, as I call him. Um, it's just really hard pushing him uphill. And, he, and a guy, he had seen me like in the morning and he went into the town, which was easily like 20 miles away for some business or something. He got me a McDonald's uh, lunch. Then he brought it back. By the time he came back, I was closer to like 25, 30 miles away and pulls over as I'm cresting this hill. And he's like, hey, man, I got you lunch. Wow. Oh, wow. Like, because you wouldn't. I've got I've been given food and water a bunch by what we call road angels. But you wouldn't expect it literally like 30 miles from the nearest food source. Right. And so that was really cool. In terms of what I've seen, I think. Probably one of the coolest things I saw is in New Mexico, there's an area. It's called the Trinity Site. They detonated like the test bomb before they went over to Japan to drop the bombs in World War II. And and near there, they've, for some reason in the 70s, they introduced this African animal called the Oryx. It's like a deer with two horns that just point straight up. And I didn't really know they were there. But one morning I was walking just after I had packed up camp and I saw six of them. And it was really majestic because I never... Yeah. I knew it was an African animal and I was really miffed by it. And then a little Googling told me that they actually introduced them, but only into that one part of New Mexico. And I got wow. to see six of them wow, in the that morning. That is really cool. That and is so cool. I have to go into it. Speaking of these campsites, that's another thing he's been posting about, like you're camping in cemeteries and abandoned <laughs> gas stations. And I mean, I'm telling you this Instagram account, you definitely want to follow it, Littles. Now, <laughs> let's just... Put it out there. What state has been the kindest to you? You talk about road angels. I'm curious. Is there a, a state that was really generous and more than others? Or uh, Let's see. I think I'd have to say so far New Mexico. I mean, Oklahoma has been great so far, too. But New Mexico, um, yeah, there's been just a lot of people pulling over, offering me food. Uh, one guy and his son pulled over and then they were like, where are you going? And I said, oh, this town called Melrose, like 30 miles away. And they said, we have family there. I'm going to call them. You're going to stay with them tonight. Oh. Like you're not sleeping in a park. And it was like 30 degrees. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, Thank like I'll definitely you. do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will just say that as I got into Oklahoma, my first night in Oklahoma, I was pushing almost to dark. Yeah, it was dark and long story, but a lady had offered to let me stay with her, but I just didn't feel I, I could stop at that moment. I needed to do like 15 more miles. And so I pushed on and then I was pushing into a lightning storm. There was crazy lightning all <sighs> over me. And I was like, what's going to happen? And so I sent her a text and said, is the offer still on the table? I'm like 15 and she, more and miles came, away. And she, she came, came and got me. Yeah. That's amazing. I saw wow. I never met. Yeah. Wow. Well, so that leads me into this. So of all the people that you've met along the way, are have you made lifelong connections? Do you plan on staying in touch? Is there, I mean, these people sound so amazing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really hope to stay in touch with the lady who rescued me from the lightning storm was just wow, because then we were driving back. She had a truck, so we put Neil, the stroller, in the back, tied him down, make sure he wasn't going to move. And just we all we saw was lightning storms left and right, and it just looked like it could have erupted on me at any moment. Yeah. And then another lady let me stay with her in Amarillo, Texas, and I, yeah, I hope to, um, I, so I hope to keep these friends as life. I hope to eventually, you know, repay the favor in some way. I don't sure. know. Uh, pay it sure. forward, even. Like yeah, the lady I... in Amarillo had a 16-year-old daughter, and I offered her free Zoom math tutoring for life. <laughs> <gasps> That's incredible. Because <laughs> I'm a math teacher, so that was sure. the best I could offer. Yeah. Now, 
by any chance have any of these people been littles? Oh gosh, that's so funny. I walked with a guy named Dean Hops in Phoenix, who is a little, but we arranged it. You know, he was like, "Hey, I heard about you on the Tony Show." So what? I would say no random stops of I also listened to Tony, but like, (laughs) but I did do about five miles with Dean Hops in Phoenix, which was great to just hear his he his origin of like listening to Tony went back like I want to say like twenty years or something. So wow, yeah. Well, Jared, we can't thank you enough for checking in. Now let's let's do it again. Let's play. It's, it's everything's just Jared two one one two, right? Yeah, Pretty much. That's a lot of my stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean like Instagram. the important ones: Instagram, and then most importantly, the Venmo, right? Right. Which and it's J A R A D. Yeah. Right. J A R A D two one one two. Head over to Venmo, and this is all for cancer research. How much have you raised so far? What's your goal? Because I don't think we actually went into your goal and stuff like that. I've raised. Just over 20k, which is great. Um, wow. I my goal, I'd say my realistic goal is 30k. That comes out to ten dollars a mile, and I think that's kind of good. And it, it seems realistic given that we're at 20k. But I set the goal on the fundraising page as 100k because you never know what oh, celebrity right. might yeah. might hear. And then I always feel like if you go over your goal, it's kind of like I don't know. Maybe it'd be harder to raise money. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I mean, for this for this cause, there is no goal really. Oh, as the, high as we can get, sure. Right. But, exactly. um Yeah, but I'm really pushing for 30k. I mean, I kind of like try to structure it. Like I just set like a new little goal for each state and. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, and like we've been pretty much able to hit each goal that I make for the for you know when I get out of that state. Right. That's great. That is That's fantastic. Really great. And just <laughs> thank thank you for what you're doing. I it's it's amazing. And so littles, let's get out this. You know, another 10k. We just got to share the pages and things like that and get the word yeah. out. And Littles Helping Littles. All right, Jared. Well, keep plugging along. We, you know, we, we're trying to do our best to encourage you on Instagram and all that stuff. And we'll try to get more Littles out there to just, because I'm sure just even little encouragement notes and comments and things like that help you get through a, a, a windy day. We didn't even really get into that, but I saw some of these videos. Littles, go to his Instagram account and, oh my gosh, I just can't even imagine. So even, yeah, just someone, do people do that? They said, they say, I heard about, heard about you on the Tony show and we're really pulling for you. And that helps deal with the 50 mile an hour winds that are blowing my body sideways. Sure, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, thanks again, Jared. And we'll be in touch because we're definitely going to check in with you at the end of all this and get your full experience and all that stuff at the end. So thanks for coming on. Really appreciate you taking the time. Sure, you're welcome. All right, Roxy. Why don't you tell everyone how they can get in touch with us? You can email us at WTFCPodNet at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget, please head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give us a rate and review. We'd really appreciate it. It does really help. All right, Roxy, let's get out of here. Everyone, enjoy the race. Enjoy Derby Day. Happy May Day. Did we forget anything? What else is today, Roxy? Oh, gosh, it's National Mother Goose Day. Oh, my gosh. Well, hello. Can't forget about Mother Goose. Mother Goose. I, that's a whole nother podcast. You know, her grave is in Boston. What? It sure is. I've been to it. Okay, we're going to have to tell that story another time. All right. <laughs> Say goodbye, Roxy. Goodbye, Roxy. <laughs> Never not funny. Sorry, Claire.
tell us all That doesn't mean we're gonna end up Say some sins you can't atone, but that doesn't mean she's going home. She's found a new obsession, breathing her confession for some secrets that you don't wanna keep. She's drinking whiskey with me, she's getting frisky with me, she's gonna risk it with me. We took a podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.